Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's Ilana and friends with revelations. Little known back to the day, every little thing's gonna be A-OK. Little known fact about my guests today, four women, each incredibly successful in their own right, came together one summer on Martha's Vineyard, a place they all love to spend time and call home, and decided they wanted to learn how to play the ukulele. Each of them came to it for completely different reasons, but together they formed a group called the Ukuladies, something that started out just as a way to spend time together and do something they'd always wanted to do, but the world wasn't always encouraging of. That instinct has turned into a really wonderful, inspiring story about four women who were the OG members of the Ukuladies. It has grown into having more members and performing and spreading ukulele joy all over the world. But I'm so honored to have Lori David, Judy Belushi-Pisano, Kate Taylor, and Joanne Ash on the podcast today. We recorded live on Martha's Vineyard, and it is thrilling to share them with you. Welcome the ukuladies. A-OK. A-OK. Listeners at home, you are in for such an incredible treat. I'm sitting on my favorite island on the planet, Martha's Vineyard, with four extraordinary women who together formed a ukulele band called the ukuladies we're going to get into it how it started who they are but to open us up today they are going to sing for us and play so i hand it over to the ukuladies okay so we're delighted to sing this uh this song it was written by my nephew isaac taylor who's a magical um mystical wonderful person and a human being and uh and a singer and songwriter, and he lives in Aquina Mass at the foot of the Gayhead Lighthouse. And he grew up watching the lighthouse light beam through his window at night. And uh, to this day, it uh, he lives right next to the lighthouse. And he likened it to the, the queen on the chessboard. And so he calls the lighthouse the Red Queen. And he wrote this song. Well, the color of my fingertips is gray. They are stained by my hometown clay With black, white, and red The colors they bleed by the old seabed They've been pushed around By the mighty mossup who made this ground Do you know what I mean? Rise with the sun 
my sweat beads before my breakfast has begun. And I toiled this hallowed ground, beat this pile of clay down the vineyard sound. And it won't be long till I'm in the arms of the lady, the babes of the queen. She shines her light through my home front door She shines red and then three whites She spins her beams through my darkest of nights And it won't be long till I'm in the lady, the babes of the queen. No, it won't be long till I'm in the arms of the lady, the babes of the queen. Hey, it is really moving to be in the presence of all of you. So first of all, I'm just going to take a really quick moment to introduce all of you to my listeners and give them a little bit of history about what you guys have been doing in sort of the professional sphere. And then we're going to talk about your new profession as ukulele singers. And so I want to start with my friend Lori David. Lori, say hi. Hi. Nice to be here. Oh my God, I'm so excited. So Lori is an award-winning producer and activist for over a decade, probably longer now. She has been dedicated to raising awareness and making real change to environmental issues. She's the executive producer of the Academy Award-winning documentary film An Inconvenient Truth and other socially relevant documentaries, including Fed Up, Biggest Little Farm, Mayor Pete, and The Social Dilemma. She is also the author of The Family Dinner, Great Ways to Connect with Your Kids One Meal at a Time, The Down to Earth Guide to Global Warming, and Imagine It, which is a handbook for a happier planet. To my left, I'm sorry you guys can't all be in the room with me, is Kate Taylor. And as I say to the left of me is Kate Taylor. That is a very heady thing because I've loved your music for so long. And the idea that your first album, Sister Kate, was back in 1971. Here we are today. You are still making, writing, producing, performing music all the time. It's pretty Mm -hmm. incredible. (laughs) So first album, Sister Kate. Second album, Kate Taylor, which was produced by her brother. I hope things work out for him. James Taylor, he really has promise. I recommend that you go and hear him. He's fabulous. Okay. Okay. I will. James Taylor, guys. Look him up. Um... (laughs) She has since released many, many records. She raised a family. She continues to write original songs and truly performs them all over the world. Uh, and, and Paul McCartney feels very strongly that her version of Good Day, Sunshine is really one of the best covers ever. <laughs> Judy Belushi Pisano 
met her first husband, John Belushi, while they were still in high school, and she was truly instrumental in his career while forging her own path in the entertainment industry. She worked with both the National Lampoon Magazine and the National Lampoon Radio Hour. She's the author of many books, including the titles The Mom Book, Samurai Widow, and Belushi. As a designer, she created the iconic Blues Brothers logo and their record album covers. And with Dan Aykroyd, she partnered to create the House of Blues, a place where we've all been able to go hear music for decades now, um, and is also a part of the whole restaurant franchise. And she continues to develop movies and shows based on the Blues Brothers. And over the years, she has played music with some of the most well-known rock stars on the planet, including Keith Richards, I believe. <laughs> and we'll get into that. Joanne Ash is founder of Journeys in Film, which is an extraordinary not-for-profit organization focused on leveraging the educational power of film to engage students with pressing global issues of critical concern. Journeys in Film develops curriculum and teaching material centered on impactful films and has reached thousands of students with its classroom discussions and truly encourages students to think critically about the world's most important challenges. So that is just like a thumbnail sketch of what you all have done but it is really incredible to me to be with the founding members of the Ukuladies and to welcome you to the podcast. So, first of all, thank you for being here. Lori, I'm going to start with you because I really want to know the origin story. Now that I have the OG Ukuladies in the room, like, how was this birth, this well, idea? I have to, honestly, I have to start at eight years old. Okay. Okay. When I was eight years old, I was in a, produ a summer camp production of West Side Story. And the director, in the middle of the musical number, I was one of the dancers and singers, stopped everybody and said, Lori, mouth the words. Okay? That was what happened when I was eight. So from that time forward, I thought, I can't sing. I'm tone deaf. And I had this burning love of music and was never able, never, you know, I took a couple of guitar lessons. That was a disaster. I was never able to participate in music until I turned... I think it must have been 60. Yeah. And I saw a friend of mine and her daughter play the ukulele together and sing. And I'm like, why can't I do that? And I got it myself a ukulele, four strings. It's only four strings. <laughs> if you learn five chords, you could play 45 songs. Right. And I started to learn. And then the next thing that happened was Joanne and I were talking and she's like, I have ukulele in my house. I'm like, let's play together. I can teach you. And I'll hand it over to Joanne to finish the story. Uh, so like Lori, I had um, no musical, I thought I had no musical aptitude. Wouldn't even dare to open my mouth during a song or play an instrument. Um, I tried drumming uh, a couple of summers and that was kind of fun, um, but I, it wasn't satisfying for me. So when Lori started teaching me, it was so fast, it was so easy to learn. And we started having lunch together um, and sitting on a porch and playing, sometimes a few times a week. It was like our greatest joy. Um, we'd look at water, we'd look at animals, we'd look at flowers and we would just play. But the problem was neither Lori or I felt like we could sing. I know I can't, I don't have, um, 
I I don't sing. You can, you <laughs> will. I can, and I you will. will. I don't know. I'm still but, not sure um, if she can because she's never. But that's why it was so groundbreaking. But it was groundbreaking. Got. However, we knew Lori and I. We were playing, but without somebody singing, the chords didn't sound like the songs we were trying to um, play. And until um, and yeah, until she wrote to me or called me during the winter and said. <gasps> Kate Taylor's going to join us. <laughs> she wants to learn the ukulele, she, too. Yes, yes, and we all know Kate has a beautiful voice, so it was like, yes! Well, it was so much fun for me because uh, I had, I wished that I, well, I had picked up the ukulele when I was 10 because it is so much fun and it's so easy and you can play a thousand songs, you know, with just a few chords and uh I, I really would have had fun with it, I know. But but in the meantime, uh, when Lori was talking about her, how she and Joanne were, you know, playing the ukulele together, I said, I want in. And uh, so they were, they were very welcoming, and they let me in. And uh, we started to play. And then it was like a nanosecond yeah. when we found Judy, Judy Belushi was on the team. Yeah. Apparently they thought I could play. <laughs> Which is very interesting. I didn't. I'm sort of between Kate's story and the Joanne and and, and Lori's, and that my family had been mu- a musical background. We had a grand piano when I grew up, and each I'm the youngest of four, so everyone went through the process of music lessons, but none of them had any proclivity for it. So by they just figured, nor did will she. <laughs> so I never uh, was given that opportunity. But I I was willing to jump in. My my parents always had parties. Everybody would sing. Uh, I would pick up a salt shaker and, and, you know, make rhythm with that. I was always willing to, to join in, not necessarily to sing solo, but to join in. And so it was like, you know, when, when I joined forces with John, he was a drummer, and he had a band, and he sang. And so uh, we began to just play around the house and, and whatnot. He taught me some drums. Um, I knew some basic chords from my brother showing me them at 12. And, uh, you know, your CDG, when I hit F, that was it. I thought I was done, could never play. But uh, so so on and on it went. And I did end up, uh, we, we built a sound room in our house, uh, somewhere in the 70s. And uh, we would have lots of musicians over. So I did have the opportunity to play with all sorts of people. I mean, there we are, and it's like Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. And they were so fucked up, I said, I can play with them, they'll never remember. <laughs> so, so I would, so I would play. And uh, I have photos. You know, it's sort of this, this funny thing. And we, uh, John and Peter Ackroyd, Danny's brother, wrote songs. And we created a band called The Stink Band because we'd stink up the sound room. And uh, we actually did some performances. In fact, we Peter would play guitar and sing. And his girlfriend and I sang backups. And John would uh, was playing bass. No, no, he played drums. And we would get a bass player. We had uh, Duck Dunn from the Blues Brothers play with us, with us once. James Taylor played with us once. Tom... Uh, Tom from uh, SNL played with us, and uh, it was just sort of, you know, for fun, and it was great. And I also had a friend who wrote and sang songs, Rhonda Coulee, and we made a band up at, we were in St. Bart's, three three girls, and uh, we were trying to get, my other friend and I were trying to get Rhonda to perform live, and uh, so we said, yeah, we've got this band, we're called uh, Rhonda Coulee Les Vaches, the cows. So uh, she performed, and I, I played bass and drums, 
and we got some guy to play guitar, and, you know, so we moved on to New York and did some more. So I, I was good at that. So as soon it's, as they said, join me, I said, sure, of course. So the interesting thing is, I think Judy's the most natural player. Like, she doesn't she can do it by ear. She doesn't right. need to look at the chords so yeah. much. There's also three other members now of the ukuleles. We have to give a shout-out yes, to them. Yes, please. And they're all great singers. So even though I, I was told I'm tone deaf, I have now learned as a result of singing with these gals that I actually we can encourage. carry a tune. And right. you do. And I do. And uh, I have a lot of enthusiasm, so it's very hard to keep me quiet <laughs> anyway. Well, I think about when you talked about like being eight, sort of the impact of that kind of messaging. And yeah. obviously, I mean, Kate, your family is like a legendary musical family, Livingston Taylor. Mm -hmm. And... Is Hugh also? Hugh's a singer, and our brother uh, Alex, who passed away in the early 90s, he was an amazing singer. So talk a little bit about, and then we'll get into sort of how the four of you figured out, I don't know, how to keep it going versus the one-off idea of something. Mm -hmm. Can you just talk a little bit about growing up in the Taylor household? Because to have all of you siblings be so musical, were your parents musical? How did it even start? Well. When we were kids, uh, when we were coming up, music was the way the whole, the, our whole generation communicated with mm. each other. So we were, you know, we were listening to music and you know, attracted to the music of the day. And uh, uh, and it turns out that, that James and uh, and Livingston were especially masterful at Can their you just, instruments. What's the sibling order? <laughs> who's the oldest? Who's the youngest? Alex was the oldest. And then James came along a year later, and then I came along a year and a couple of months later, and then Livingston came along a year and a couple of months after that, and and then Huey came along a... Let's a, take a know. moment to praise Kate's mother. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> the OG Mrs. Yeah. Taylor. The, the yeah. Mrs. Bow. Taylor. She, yes. she had five kids in six years, and um, and you know, we were, I had all, it was all brothers and me, and... Uh, we were just, uh, you know, uh, very much interested in the music. And growing up in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, there was a lot of musical influences in, that came through town. It was a university town, so there was a lot of different styles of music. Our mother was a, uh, had studied voice at the conservatory in, in, uh, in Boston. That's where she met my dad. And I think she thought she might, you know, want to be a, uh, you know, a professional singer, but she started to turn out these kids, and, uh, you know, she kind of passed it all over to us, and I think our father, who was a, who was a, uh, studied medicine and was uh, a doctor, that he really had the soul of a poet, so, so she was musical, and he was poetic, and, and uh, we kind of took it from there, and, uh, but I think James and Livingston are especially, you know, just, um, like I was saying, masterful at 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 their their instruments, and uh, I think I was like the kid with the finger in the socket. I was just an excitable girl. And I just wanted to sing, 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 and uh, and uh, I think you're still like that. And <laughs> <laughs> brother, that's a good Alex, title for an album. Brother, sing, sing, <laughs> or put your finger in an electric socket. Either way, that's the cover. It is to your point. There is a there is an exuberance, and a joy, and a passion for music. Yeah. That just being in a room with you, being in the in the sort of green room before we came in here, like there is a purity 
of spirit and a way in which it's incredible to me to read like 1971 was your first album and to see the joy <laughs> that it still brings you and sort of the infectious Ilana, feeling Seriously, we have to give a lot of credit to the instrument. And that yeah, is true. really what drives mm -hmm. us. This thing, this little instrument yeah. is so joyful, makes people so happy to hear it to play it. There's something about this that brings joy and happiness. And this is why it's infectious. This is yeah. why we think everyone should go buy a ukulele. The ukulele. It's part of our message. They yeah. actually the use the ukulele in, um, like in Israel, to bring um, Palestinian kids and Israeli mm. kids together mm -hmm. and to play music because it is an easy instrument and you can make such beautiful, happy sounds and play songs together. So for kids and for groups around the world that um, are looking to come together, it's a great... Likewise great old folk. Barriers in that Likewise way. Likewise old folk who think they can't learn again. I like to say the ukulele is to the guitar what pickleball is to tennis. Uh -huh. It's easy access. <laughs> you can pick it up quickly. You can have, you know, have results. You can feel you're improving. You, you yes. can realize it takes a lot more to be really good. But you can jump in. And, and we were having fun just playing and, and singing and learning these new tunes. And, you know, all of a sudden to be able to play a Beatles song. I mean, oh, my <laughs> God. It's like the whole world, you know, just kind of opened up. But uh, we always thought that if we ever had a gig, that it would be the end of the band. Uh, because <laughs> that's what happens. Because that's yeah. what happens. Because then yeah, we, because we but, you know, we just thought it's too much fun. And if we had to get serious, that yeah. it might, you know, take away the joy. But then something happened and we got asked to do something. We've gotten well, a couple of gigs. So first of all, it was always yeah. in someone's backyard. Yeah. Okay, that's how we started. We played in people's, our own backyards. And when we, we had, had a, a front yard. We knew we, we were going in somewhere. a front yard when we had captive audience. But we did get asked to lead a flash mob for Larson's oh, Fish yes, Market right, right. In down Minemsha. in Menemsha. Yeah. And that, I think, was maybe the beginning of us getting asked to do some things. Some right, things. right. But our first, well, at Kate's birthday party, I was next, we were on a stage, mm -hmm. and it was my first performance of anything ever. <laughs> and I looked at Judy and I went, Judy, this is my last performance. <laughs> I am never doing this again. She said, I think, Joanne, you say that at every performance. Yeah. In fact, we just played, we just opened the Ag Fair, which was a really big deal for the ukuleles, and Joanne was... As we're walking onto the stage, she's like, what did you get me into? Oh. But well, now she's, I think, I think well, she's I finally going to get into it. I yes. have fun, but I guess You're, I'm shy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's so funny. First of all, you did, I think, a 45-minute set. It was incredible. Obviously, a lot of people came as friends, right? We're going to support yeah. our friends. But I most of the people... I members. You what? You had 30 family members? <laughs> but then once you started playing, like, you guys, it was packed. I saw and it was that. not by relatives. It was people hearing no. exactly what you described. This, in first of all, infectious, beautiful songs. Many of them are recognizable to people. So the fun of, like, people getting to join in. And there's something about seeing women come together, the way you guys all support each other, the the kind of, um, I don't know, like there's a freedom to it. And and I do think about Joe. I've known Joan for a really long time, and I, we were talking earlier. Joe's husband, Tom, like is a karaoke king, and they throw <laughs> tons of karaoke toast. parties. And Tom is a confident singer. Mm -hmm. And how many years we would come, and Joe would be like a supportive fan. 
and to see your serving whole, cookies, serving cookies <laughs> and other treats, yeah. making drinks, but also like so happy to have everybody there, but a non-participant. Mm-hmm. And to like for me to think of you like that and then go to the Ag Fair and see you on stage with your whole family and all your beautiful grandchildren rallying around to support you and knowing that you aren't a natural performer, that it is scary, but your willingness to get it's you know, as an actress, yeah. the the like step from backstage to on stage mm-hmm. is like four inches. Mm-hmm. Your body thinks it's about to jump off a cliff, mm-hmm. right? There's this unbelievable and then adrenaline can yeah. pop in. Mm-hmm. But you are a glorious performer mm-hmm. and it's an incredible thing <laughs> just to you, watch Lana. you as a friend evolve from here's a cocktail to actually I'm gonna own this. Well like Lori all own it. Said the instrument is has a lot to do with yeah. all this. It really informs a lot of the songs we choose because it's a, a clinky, clinky little instrument sometimes. And so we do some of those old songs that you would never think anyone would be interested in listening to, but they work. We make them work, but we also bring in contemporary and Kate songs. I've also been writing songs, and we do do one of mine. I am challenged with a voice issue to hear. Mm-hmm. To so to. people in your life who have known you in another lane, so to speak, right? Like, no, Mom, you do this, and this is, right. you know, obviously Kate lives um in in the in the in the music, in the music space yeah. professionally when you say mom my kids are horrified that's what i wanted <laughs> horrified. to know well, well i think joanne's kids are a little horrified too well, well her son-in-law definitely s- is horrified we have that's we have a, a we've had a one mo- little uh, claim of claim to fame which is when Lori's daughter was was being interviewed by seth on the, Joanne, on the show seth myers son-in-law. is so just to yeah. for listeners at home joanne's daughter is married to seth myers our Biggest supporter. Our biggest supporter, (laughs) Seth Meyers. He's going to do day drinking with the ukuleles. I'm (laughs) sure of it. Then why do your kids hate it? Oh, my God. Well, Cassie, she was on Seth's show. She was promoting something. I can't remember. And he asked her about it. And I just, she's horrified. She did the most embarrassing thing in the universe that I'm in a ukulele band. It's it's just the worst. She you can't, can't wrap her words. Probably any band, but then it's a ukulele. <laughs> yeah, it band. happens exactly, exactly. And my kids are okay with it. They they say I'm cute. Mine love it. <laughs> Mom, you looked cute. Oh, I love that. Oh, I'm not I sure. think we're used to sort of knowing people in a in a certain yeah. way, and. Um, I don't know. You're not my moms. You're just my friends. And I'm incredibly <laughs> proud. But I'm sure my kids will be mortified as well when I join next summer. There you go. <laughs> okay. There you so, go. so tell me, it does take a certain amount of courage. And I know you're saying it's, it's not us. In a way, it's the instrument. That's the superpower mm-hmm. that kind of allows you, even if you're scared to yeah. sing, even if you're having... It's our cape. Your cape. Yes, it is. Um, I want to ask you, will you share, you, you said you're having vocal problems. Yes. Are you willing to share why? Yeah, I have a paralyzed vocal cord um, for a year now. And uh, actually, last week I had no voice at all. For, I had a, another incident that took away my voice completely for two days, which was terrifying. And I realized I had been really sad about not being able to sing, but now I'm just so grateful to be able to speak. I'm so grateful that you spoke it's, and are singing today on this podcast. And this will live time. forever. I mean, it just lives forever. Yeah. And yeah. you're singing. Yes, if I sing really, really softly, <laughs> I can actually sing some songs. But um, I did also want to say about the instrument again. Um, you notice the other ladies have smaller ukuleles than I do. Mine's a baritone. There are actually four different 
baritone, um, ukulele, ukuleles, and uh, the baritone is uh, is tuned with the guitar, so okay. it adds a lower resonance. And I think, from my ear anyway, I like the, the inclusion of it in most songs. Uh, just gives us a little bit more fullness. Uh, sometimes I'll go back to the regular uke. I do want to. Can I add one thing? Because I don't know if we're getting close to wrapping up or not. I just want to say that George Harrison was an obsessed ukulele player, to the point where he had ukuleles in every single room of his house, in his bathrooms, downstairs, upstairs, and in his car, he had a trunk full of ukuleles. <laughs> and he, when he would go over to friends' houses, Tom Petty actually tells his story, he would open his trunk and hand ukuleles to people. That's how much he loved this instrument. And John Lennon also started on the ukulele. His mom had one. And he started, when he first met Paul McCartney, he, Paul had to teach him new chords because he only knew, knew the ukulele chords and not the guitar chords. How's that there for ukulele go. trivia, people? That's right. That is Come much on, ukulele lore. Tell me in terms of this idea of taking something, because people at home are going to hear this and go, it's like starting a book club. Like, I mm-hmm, want to yeah. do this too. So how does it go from the four of you sitting on Lori's porch or your porch and kind of like just the joy of it to... Let's now, you said you started at Kate's birthday party. That was the first time you played publicly? Um, I was guess you, it was the was second. The first was my karaoke. backyard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we would we play ladies' luncheons. We, we played ladies' luncheons where we outnumbered the ladies at the luncheon. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? and so, so, but, so it was just, you know, trying things on and seeing how it felt and having just being, having it be fun that we could, we could present you some know songs. What? You we, know, public we, libraries um, rent out ukuleles so i've noticed that libraries have groups and also senior centers and senior centers yeah Yeah. how did you actually learn when you said and then joe came over and we learned well now you have youtube but but it's simple like you learn a couple of chords and then you find a few songs you start with this land is your land or blowing in the wind, yeah, some CD you know, with some simple chords, and right. you learn those chords. You could take a couple of lessons. But the way we got from what we're doing to like starting to actually perform is by rehearsing. And <laughs> because we out, loved playing so much out. together, practice, practice, practice. it was so much fun, we just started rehearsing. And then, you know, at first it was a joke. Like, this was a joke, like the ukuleles. To each other or just to everybody? To everyone. It's like, oh, we have a band. It's a joke. And what happened, I think our big breakthrough came through Amy Schumer, who is a friend of all of ours. And she wanted to work out some material before she went back out on the road. So she performed. She she decided to perform in, in my barn. And she said, would the ukuleles open for me? And of course, we were besides no, I got ourselves. Serious. <laughs> and we were besides ourselves excited. Yeah. And we said yes. At that moment, when she asked us, she didn't realize how good we were getting. And we spent every day for weeks rehearsing for this gig to play three songs to open for Amy Schumer. When we came out, and the, the barn was packed with yeah, everyone I we was knew. There. It was you were there. Yeah. And we came out. We were pretty damn good. Yep. And I think people's jaws dropped. They were so surprised. Right. But of course, we had worked hard for that. Amy Schumer came out, who was going to like tell a couple of jokes about the ukuleles. It didn't work anymore. <laughs> right. She, she was thrown off for a minute right. till she got her stride going. Right, because it was real. Because we were actually, real. We were yeah. actually good. Yeah. That came from rehearsal. And yeah. uh, you know maybe we'll get a gig out of this podcast. Well, yeah. you know, then we played Birdland. In New York, That's like right. Birdland, I couldn't believe it, <laughs> and um, well, we were pretty excited about that. that. We'll we play played, anywhere, basically, and we yes. played at McCabe's in Santa Monica. Right. But we're not paying people to play anymore. 
They they came. I was making an album back in uh, seventy. Uh, I mean twenty one. Or not, 2020 or something, and and uh, we recorded uh, that song that we played at the beginning of the sh- of the podcast. We we recorded that on my record. And which record is that? Uh, it's so called people Why Wait. Why Wait. Kate Taylor and the Ukuleles are on Why Wait. Okay, I want to close this out. Are you guys open to playing one more? Sure. Okay. I cannot thank you enough. I love you all so much. I'm so inspired, and it is really heartening to see that you can just take a wish and make it happen. And I can only imagine the conversations that all of you women have together in between rehearsing and the friendship, the deep friendships that have grown. I want you to also, if you don't mind, if you want to mention the names of the other women who aren't here today, that would be great. Sure. Uh, Okay, well, we have uh, a gal named Laura Decker who sings with us and she's wonderful and she teaches uh, children um, how to play the ukulele. So she's very good at guiding us. Perfect. And <clears throat> she's a wonderful harmony singer and singer. She's sort of and play. really pulled us together in terms mm-hmm. of Perfect. the harmonies and stuff along yeah. with Jane. Yeah, and then and Jane, Jane Lancelotti. And uh, and she's a wonderful player and singer and also. We've got some singer ringers. Singer ringers. Eugenia Copeland is a singer. Eugenia uh, Copeland is a, is a, uh, the, our other ukulele, and she is an amazing singer. <coughs> all right, so well, we, they'll all be on the album when that gets recorded right here. Are we at DeRosa Studios? Yeah, we're at Phil DeRosa Studios. Phil DeRosa it's called, Studios. It's the print shop. Guys, I just have to shout out to Phil and Anthony who made this all happen today. Yeah. And, and I know it's partially because they love Kate Taylor so much. Who and doesn't? You. Who doesn't? It's really, really infectious. Yeah. Uh, the love that you spread around. So... Let's close out with the ukuleles. Well, buckaroos, <laughs> it's been a long, dusty trail to get us here to the uh, print shop studios and to be able to talk with Ilana about uh, about the ukuleles. And we sure do hope that we get a chance to see all of you all out there somewhere. And in the meantime, happy trails to you. Until we meet again Happy trails to you Keep smiling until then Who cares about the clouds if we're together? Just sing a song and bring the sunny weather Happy trails to you Till we meet again Happy trails to you until we meet again. Happy trails to you. Keep smiling until then. Who cares about the clouds if we're together? Just sing a song and bring the sunny weather. Happy trails to you. Until we meet again, until we meet again, until we meet again. That's me clapping and all my listeners at home clapping. Thank you all for being on Little Known Facts. Any any closing thoughts before we say goodbye? Go buy a ukulele. 
This episode was recorded at TPS Audio in Oak Bluffs on Martha's Vineyard. Phil DeRosa has a full-service recording studio and post-production facility. It's a really wonderful place for your projects if you're on the island. Huge, huge thanks to Phil DeRosa, and thanks for listening. Little known fact, now you can watch hours and hours of my interviews with your favorite artists as they talk about the art they love to make on YouTube. That's right. I have a YouTube channel. It's called Little Known Facts with Alana Levine. Catchy, right? Subscribe and enjoy. Little known fact, if you want to donate to the podcast, just go to littleknownfactspodcast.com forward slash donations. Thank you so much in advance for your generosity. Have a great day. Clouds can make the wind blow. This episode of Little Known Facts was edited by Nicholas Klar. We record in New York City. The Little Known Facts theme song was written and recorded and sung by Georgia Famusa with